0: Welcome back to Winning That Life with Aaron Chen. All right, we are back with episode six. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, having the guest on. Caleb is an uh, excellent, excellent speaker, and it was a uh, it was a really fun just having him on and just getting to pick his brain and see his perspective of things while on this podcast. Sadly, we were trying to do something remote. Was going to try to do it through zoom but i need to do some further research find the best ways to do that because it was not sounding pretty but moving forward we were on chapter five now up until this point we've pretty much just talked about finding the right job for you or career that you're going to aspire in and have that motivation and just keep pushing through and not really have to rely on I mean, your, your hygiene factors are satisfied, but your motivators are also satisfied because those are the things that are going to pull you through those tough times in life when maybe you don't feel like getting out of bed, but you get out of bed anyways because you love what you do. Now we're tar- starting to focus on the relationship aspect of things. And this is huge because your re- relationships with close friends and family are going to be some of the important, most important sources of your life. Now, I've had a conversation with a buddy of mine, Brock Bowles, in the gym about this, uh, pretty much going over what I was going to talk about tonight on the podcast. And I really just wish I could just walk around mic'd up because I swear I'm 10 times better at talking when I'm you know in, a, in an environment with high energy and just it just flows so much easier than sitting alone talking to my microphone. But... You know, honestly, I honestly try to do my best. Uh, hopefully that there's some value for those that listen, you know, whether you're in your car or at the gym or whatnot, but you get some tidbits of information, maybe a new perspective of some of the things that are going on in your life. Now, back to the you know, content that we're going to be covering today. When it comes to your relationships, they're so easily to, ne- to neglect because those close relationships that you have, your family, they want to support you your family, and your friends, they want to support you in your career and your aspirations moving forward in life. And sometimes they're not going to talk up or speak up when they feel neglected or that the, the relationship is being put on the back burner. And that's when they start to fracture. It comes down to, and me and Caleb talked about it, or Caleb and I, sorry, Caleb and I talked about it last week about delayed gratification. And that's literally what relationship, relationships are. You have to constantly pour into these relationships to build them, to make them deep. Nowadays, especially coming out of high school and getting into your, your uh, going through college, getting through your career, you made so many relationships in college, but tell me how many of those relationships were actually deep connecting, deep to, to, to the point where, you know, you have relationships around you that are gonna drop anything at the time that comes in the need. You know, realistically speaking, most of them are just pretty much surface level say hi and bye you know and whatnot and even sometimes those deep relationships that you did form with people through college they come out into life and they hit their career and they hit the ground running and they're looking to make money looking to to success succeed in their career and to provide for some of the family or maybe new relationships if they're have a girlfriend or or a marriage in the works and they're starting their own family they're looking to provide and they get kind of bogged down with all the responsibilities and pressures that are on top of them. For me, for instance, I had a friend that you know lived lived with throughout college, and I reach out. I constantly reach out. I you know open the door, send Snapchat memories, which you know I love because that's a that's a way to kind of have a point of contact with someone and just open up conversation, a chance for them to reply back and and talk. But if I'm sending a memory to you and you're not you're not replying or you're not saying anything about it, then now I'm feeling like my efforts are being ignored right and that doesn't feel good for anyone if you're kind of putting yourself out there trying to make contact trying to touch base with someone and they're not reciprocating that effort then you're more likely to kind of put the reins on it next time you have that urge and so on and i do make contact with this individual uh, i go out of my way kind of talk to them, whatever and you know just trying to you know spark something up but again and again and again the effort's not reciprocated so now it's like, okay, I'm gonna start protecting my out my resources and you know how I allocate some of my time and thought and maybe energy when it comes to reaching out and trying to reconnect. So that's kind of what this book is talking about. If you don't com- if you don't constantly try to nurture those relationships instead of neglecting them, then they begin to deteriorate. And if it comes into those close the closer circle of you know whether you know building the family with your wife or or whatnot, then they begin to fracture, and then that's where it comes into Clayton Christensen talking about some of his peers Go, looking down the road, you know, 10, 15 years later, four or five different marriages and estranged kids because they didn't constantly nurture those relationships. Instead, they were sitting there digging in the trenches as I was talking to Brock, and this is the analogy that I put. Sometimes you're down there digging in the trenches trying to get to the objective, and then you look up and you seem way off from your goal. Now your goal is this is a fulfillment, like your relationships are where you're going to find the most happiness and fulfillment in your life. Along with, you know, having that career that motivates you, it, it, it couples, right? You know, if you can add two and two together, then that's going to be, that's going to be a very fruitful life that you lead because not only are you happy away from them, but you're also building a very happy and fruitful relationship with them while you're going through that, that track now. The analogy that I was kind of using with Brock like I was saying is like you're down there digging in the trenches you're making the money you're making the money, providing for your family, making sure that you you're doing your part to be that support and then you look up and you're miles away from your goal. And not and not that I mean that you're not going forward because obviously you are getting that financial. uh The financial advantage to it, but you look back and you're. You're wondering why you're, you're so distanced with your kid, why you and your wife have all these fights and disagreements, and it's because you constantly were, weren't making them a priority priority to help nurture those relationships and be what they need you to be, serve that job that they need you to serve at that time. So you look up and you're way off track, and then it comes to a point where it's too late to even try to like repair those relationships because now you're almost seen as a stranger. For instance, if my buddy hit me up one day and he was like, hey, I want you to be my best man at my wedding, I'm going to be thinking twice because now I don't really know you anymore. I don't have that deep connection with you anymore because we didn't maintain that relationship. So why would I want to take time out of my life to be there for you when you were never there for me in the first place? I mean, I won't say in the first place, but you weren't there for me constantly trying to work and build and keep that connection, that deep connection that we have you see what i'm saying is that make i i hope that comes across a little little clear but yeah so you kind of look back and you see that you're way off track and it comes down to delayed gratification right when you invest in the relationship you're not going to see the benefits immediately but if i continuously try to invest time into you know procuring procure, procuring this <clears throat> this relationship with an individual then i know when times are tough that they're going to be there for me because i built and i nurtured that relationship to the point where i have that trust and i built that loyalty with that individual so in this book it kind of highlights a couple different stories uh one story was an individual that was starting his own business he was pushing you know pushing trying to succeed being an entrepreneur life is kind of tough especially when starting out and you're not sure you're like you don't have the stability of a, a constant paycheck so you're constantly pushing, pushing, pushing. And, you know, at the time, you know, you have a marriage, you have relationships that you need to upkeep. And if you don't upkeep them, you know, uh, if you don't keep that upkeep and nourishing in them, then they begin to, they be, you, begin, you begin to become a stranger. Like your kids don't know you. You kind of don't really have that connection with your wife because you're going to change when you go through different seasons in your life and social, 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 so will she (laughs) so will she so if you're not constantly putting in that effort to change with her and grow and to the same to the same extent and matching the matching the effort then it becomes the begins to fall apart so Mm -hmm. when it comes down to um when it comes down to it your marriage starts to fall apart and then when you need that support from siblings or friends navigate that pain through that divorce you're seeking an investment that you never even made in the first place you know you haven't nurtured that investment so you can't really fall back on it why would you want to be there for someone when they never took the time of day to be there for you when you know times were good you know you got fair weather friends right so they'll be there when times are good but when times are bad they're not there so that posed a different like a couple of different problems for him um so as he moved out of his house into a small apartment across town he tried to make nice make it nice for his two sons and two daughters when they visited um though he had always left such things with his wife when they were married he worked hard to try to come up with new things to do and ways to make their time fun but he was fighting up an uh, uphill battle by that time his children were in middle school the idea of spending every weekend with Steve during his visitation pri- privileges was not appealing to them. They had to leave their friends, their home to move in with their dad in his Spartan apartment, only to go out to dinner, working in the business with him, or maybe seeing a movie. Those times of your life when your kid is just a kid or the most important times to be there. <clears throat> That's where you create that deep bond that you know, that deep, you know, that deep meaning when you take on fatherhood. And you know, each of us can point out two or three different friendships that we've had, un, that we've made unintentional neglected, that we may have unintentionally neglected when life got busy, right? Even the most committed friends will attempt to stay the course for only so long before they choose to invest their own time, energy, and friendship elsewhere. And that's the truth of it. The, they have lives too, they have things going on. So if you're not there for them, or, you know, when things are, if you're not going to constantly putting that effort in, they're going to start seeking the resources elsewhere to build deeper and more meaningful relationships with the people that are actively present in their lives, because time is something that we can't get back. So, you know, if you're living in the present and you start seeing this, this uh, disparity among the the effort between the relationship, then. As any reasonable human being would they would start allocating resources elsewhere, starting to nurture other nurture uh, nurture other relationships around them and so on. So. As young professionals, we make it uh, believing that the investments in life can be sequenced right we talked about this earlier everyone's got to have a plan. You know, some people's plans are graduate college, get the job, get married or get the house or, you know, get married and so on. Like there's this plan that they try to statistically follow, or, you know, strategically follow. Um, you know, the logic when you have a kid is like, I can invest in my career during the early years when our child is, when our children are small and parenting isn't critical, but that's the complete opposite. And I want to deep dig into this, uh, the study that is found in this book. And it was by Todd Risling and Betty Hart. And the study is about the effects of how parents talk to their children during the first two and a half years of their life. So I'm going to go ahead and read this part because this was almost like one of my favorite parts of the book. After meticulously observing and recording all the interactions between parents and, ch- and children, they noticed that on average, parents speak about 1500 words per hour to, an inf- to their infant children that's considered talkative. Well, yeah, talkative and often college educated parents spoke around 2100 words to their children on average. By contrast, parents from less verbal and often less educated backgrounds spoke only 600 600 words per hour. On average, if you add up, add it up. If you add up that over the first 30 months, the child of talkative parents heard an estimate of 48 million words spoken compared to the disadvantaged child who only heard about 13 million. The most important time for children to hear words and research suggests is the first year of life. Risel and Hart's research followed the children they study as they progressed through school. The number of words spoken to a child had a strong correlation between the number of words they had heard in the first 30 months and their performance on vocabulary and reading comprehension tests as they got older. And it doesn't matter that, they, that just any words were spoken to the children. The way the parents spoke to the child had a significant effect. The researchers observed two different types of conversations between parents and infants. One type they dubbed as business language, such as time for a nap, let's go for a ride, and finish your milk. Such conversations were simple and direct, not rich and complex. Risel Reis, and Hart concluded that these types of conversation had limited effects on cognitive development. In contrast, when parents engage in face-to-face conversation with their child, speaking in fully adult, sophisticated language as if child's, as if the child could be part of a chatty, grown-up conversation, the impact on cognitive development was enormous. These richer interactions they called language dancing, language dancing is being chatty, thinking aloud and, comm- and commenting on what the child is doing and what the parent is doing or planning to do. Do you want to wear the blue shirt or the red shirt today? Do you think it will rain today do you remember the time i put your bottle in the oven by by mistake and so on language dancing involves talking to the children about what if and if do you remember and wouldn't it be nice if question questions that invite the child to think deeply about what is happening around them and it was a profound effect long before a parent might actually expect the child to understand what is being asked in short when a parent engages in extra talk many many more of the synapses pathways in the child's brain are exercised and refined. Synapses are just the conjunction of the brain where the signal is transmitted from one nerve cell to another. In a simple term, the more pathways that are created between synapses in the brain, the more efficiently connections are formed. This makes subsequent patterns of thoughts easier and faster. This matters. A child who has heard 48 million words in the first three years won't just have 3.7 times as many well-lubricated connections in the brain as a child who has heard only 13 million words. The effect on the brain cells is exponential. Each brain cell can be connected to hundreds of other cells by as many as 10,000 synapses. This means that children who have been exposed to extra talk have almost incalculable cognitive advantage. So what's even more what's what's more Risel and Hart's research suggests that language dancing is the key to cognitive advantage not income ethnicity or parents education in other words summarized by Risel and Hart some working poor working poor people talk to their kids and have their kids and their kids did really well some affluent business people talk very little to their kids and their kids t- did poorly so that's where it comes into that delayed gratification you might not get the return of talking to your kid years down the road and as i was mentioning to brock at the gym was you know if i continuously told this kid before they uh, my kid before they even got into school that two plus two is four and i told that to them every day then when it's time for that kid to actually be that information to be actually called upon in the classroom setting my kid's going to be the first one to know the answer it's 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 a very long term and it's so hard to it's so hard to to see that when it's not in the moment, because you're constantly being bombarded by distractions with instant gratification for the actions that you put in, looking for a return immediately. But when it comes to these relationships and, and, and developing, whether it's a child's mind or friendships around you, it's all about putting in the work every day, every day, make the effort and and so on. And then that's when you will reap the benefits relationships with friends and family need to be made long, long before you see any signs of them paying off. That's what it comes down to. If you don't nurture and develop those relationships, they won't, be, they won't be there to support you when you find yourself traversing some of the more challenging stretches of life or as one of the most important sources of happiness in your life. That just comes down to it. That's all I got. I know I kind of read a lot from the book Uh, As I said, you know, I'm constantly trying to do better on this podcast to find ways to make it a little easier to talk to uh, one of the things I struggle with the most is just pulling information out of my mind. I enjoy just I enjoy having conversations and I know some of the people that around me can can tell you that the conversations that I have are pretty deep, um, (laughs) deep, deep as in fruitful as in like they pertain to life, they pertain to a life situation, philosophy, and so on. And yeah, so I'm just always trying to better my, my ability to translate that information and capture it on podcasts. That way, you know, other people that may not have sort of circles, you know, that I've been, that I have been blessed with are able to kind of hear that information. So it's constantly evolving. I'm constantly trying to do better, and I re- I appreciate each and every one of you that take the time to kind of listen and keep up with me as I go through this process. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's really helped me with my speech um, and pulling that pulling that out of me. So it's been it's been a ride, and uh, you know I appreciate again I appreciate the support. Thank you all, and I'll see you guys next time.